I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Buffy and Frodo were in the Hogwarts library late into the night, prepping for the final trek into Mordor. Liz, I have to stop you. Why? Because this already sounds like the greatest story of all time. World Stealers! Hi, everyone. Ooh, this is World Stealers. This show is the political equivalent. Uh huh. Communism. Why? Well, we're taking something uh-huh. that is owned by someone uh-huh. and we're distributing it to the people. Yeah! There's no ownership here. We're all equal owners of things. Stories for the state! Stories, Stories for, for the, the state! state. <laughs> all right. Ooh. Hi, Liz. Hey, Kate. Hi, Shane. Hi, Liz and Kate. <laughs> Hey. Hello. Good, good to see you. I was guys just about again. to say someone else is here, but Oh, I'm sorry. I really jumped the gun on that one. You said hello to them. It's me. I'm here. She I'm the she's here. She's it's back. Me. I'm back. She's back for another X Files episode. I'm back again. Excited. Shana's, Shana's back. <laughs> Tell, Tell your friends. Jesus back. Jesus <laughs> back. Um, I'm really excited to hear Liz's fan fiction. Me too. Uh, such a great time, you guys. Great. I think everyone should start a podcast. I everyone has everyone's trying. <laughs> everyone is actively trying. And invite me to be their guest. They will. Let I me will, tell you. I will. There's be. a there's a there's a plethora of podcasts and a dearth of guests. Indeed. Mm. So well, anyway. any podcast producers out there listening, I have opinions about everything. I, you're so. going to get emails. Go ahead and tell them what it is. <laughs> tell them where to find you. Uh, you can email me at shanacott at gmail dot com. One T or two. Two T's. There you go. It's like a. It's like a crappy bed but with an extra t not an i yeah just s-h-a-y-n-a-c-o-t-t at gmail.com yep 
And she will be a guest. But don't spam me and definitely don't send me any pictures of your dicks. Yeah. Thank you. Please no, and thanks. That's a blanket Unless rule. Unless it's one Richard M. Nixon. What? His face. Oh, picture no, of, but of his, his face. face. Yeah, not his face. Oh, that would be like a double dick pic. That's you a, get a Pick of a dick's pick. <laughs> okay, I feel like maybe I want to retract. <laughs> put my email yeah, be out careful. There. Nope. The internet is dangerous. It's too late now. No, and I trust the tiny army. Yeah, he'll protect you. Protect me. Good people listen to the show. Yes. Yeah. So before Liz, we get to your fan fiction mm-hmm. and your process and everything that you went through. Let's talk a little bit about uh, our X Files feelings. Mm. At which to mm. say, are you a believer or a skeptic? That's a complicated question. And one of mm-hmm. my biggest problems with X Files as a show is that I feel like Mulder is a believer to a ridiculous, ludicrous extent, and Scully is a skeptic. Even when, like, provably supernatural things are happening. But they, she can never prove it. That's the thing. It's well, like she's, she never can hold on to hard evidence. And whenever she gets some hard evidence, it, like, disappears. Mm. Right. But there is a point at which, even if you can't, like, hold things in your physical hand, you have to be like, okay, this seems like perhaps the time for rational explanation. Or perhaps I don't understand what the rational rational explanation is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I get that's what makes the show, the dynamic of the show work, but I don't want to put myself in either one of those camps necessarily because I feel like they're both too far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're extremes for you. Yeah. I will also say that as a child with a very active imagination, I definitely was a believer who tried really hard to pretend that I wasn't because it's embarrassing to be scared of the dark when you're like 15. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm an adult who's terrified of the dark. Don't be ashamed. The dark is scary. It is scary. Who knows what's in there? Who knows? You can't see it. Shayna, are you a believer or a skeptic? Am I a believer? Well, I take a very, um, I mean, as you guys know, I'm a huge lover of science fiction. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot, as I think we all do, about the Fermi paradox, which is the idea proposed by the scientists that, you know, if there was intelligent life in the universe why i mean with how huge the universe is Mm -hmm. and how many like basically infinite possibilities could be present out there for um life harboring exoplanets if life does exist why haven't we heard from it yet or like why do we not know about it Mm -hmm. after all of the research that we've done and all of the all of the looking into the stars that we've done and basically the paradox breaks down to like either we are alone in the universe, which just seems like statistically kind of impossible considering yes. how gigantic the universe is. Mm-hmm. Or there are, you know, the truth is out there, but they're just like avoiding us for some reason. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> we're like, fuck that. We're the rabies planet. of the universe. We are. Yeah. We're like the possums I in mean, the night. <laughs> it's not impossible. I, I would avoid us. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like theoretically, I definitely believe that there are other like life forms in the universe. But yeah, aliens, they're rad. Just fun to think about, if not to believe in necessarily. Although, honestly, it does not seem like Mulder is having very much fun. He just seems like very pained yeah. all the time. He's just sad. He's just real angsty. He's like a tragic about past about aliens. It's not like they were introduced yeah. into his life in a good way. Yeah. Which we'll get into in our recap of all of yes. X-Files. Um, can't let go. I'm going to give a quick answer. Mm-mm. I am a hard believer based on the context that I've learned from X-Files, and here's why. I'm coming at this a little sideways. 
I find that X-Files is, you know, there's a lot of themes of like corporate America in X-Files. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like computers gone awry. Everybody's in a suit. They're often in an office with like the terrible carpet and the fluorescent lighting. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of like, is there weirdness present in corporate America? <laughs> and I feel like the skeptic represents um, people being like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Right. Mm. So for me in X-Files, the skeptic is the person who's like, nobody sexual harasses anybody. Mm. The skeptic mm. has a, a trust in the system that. Yeah. Recently not, has been eroded pretty yeah, hard. It's yeah. not the environment. Everything's fine. It's shh, fine. quiet. Shh, shh. And I just think that in the theme of X-Files, I would be a believer mm. because I don't like being hushed under the rug by corporate America. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if that aligns, which does make Mulder and Scully an interesting gender reversal, right? Because in that metaphor, usually true. it would be a woman who was like, "Guys, wait." Well, to Scully's credit, I don't think like she always would come in and be like, "I believe something happened here." Like, obviously, all these people That's are very true. upset. Yes. She just wouldn't. She wouldn't be like, "Oh, definitely, it was aliens, bro, for sure." Uh, to right. be fair, though, she does see a lot of crazy shit and is like, mm, "I don't know." Yeah. Well, I think she's just she's such a scientist that she's more willing to believe that something was fucking with her head than that any of this crazy shit actually happened. Like, I think I get that. I think she's like, you know, which sucks. I mean, she's like kind of gaslighting herself in a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. true. With science. Yeah. With science, which is like, oh, what a weird thing to <laughs> she try to She gaslighted me with science. Gaslighted <laughs> me with science. Re um, rewrite that song. <laughs> <laughs> with science. <laughs> As you know from last week, we are doing X-Files, which is a series from the 90s centered on FBI special agents, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully, who work on paranormal cases. This week in particular, Liz's fan fiction focuses on one episode, season two, episode 14, where Mulder and Scully are called to Milford Haven, New Hampshire, to investigate the death of a teenager who seems to have died during an occult ritual. As a result of the FBI agent's arrival in the town, a few of the high school's faculty, who were raised as members of a secretive satanic cult, of course, but whose zeal has maybe waned over time, decide that they should take steps to conceal their past activities. But matters are further complicated when the devil gets involved. Now that you know all that, you're fully prepared to go into this fan fiction and, I don't know, hail Satan? Okay, let's adjourn until next week. Deborah, why don't you lead us in the prayer? In the name of the lords of darkness, rulers of the earth, kings of the underworld, I command the forces of darkness to bestow their infernal power upon me. Hail, hail the lords of darkness. Um, okay, <laughs> we, let's get to Let's get to the story. Yeah. Let's um, tell us about your process. Which is titled this time. From it what is I hear. titled this time. It's okay. So, so I have to. So there's a bit of explanation that goes into, well, both the story and the title. So I actually came at it from a similar starting point as you did, Shayna, where mm. I was like, what about these people that have to like just be on the periphery, like not even directly involved in mm. the case in mm -hmm. my story, but like mm -hmm. just like sort of seeing some of what happens and being like, Okay, I guess I got, I'm going to keep living my life. But what the fuck is happening over there? Um, and I was particularly interested in the show that took place in... Uh, so it was, a, it was a second season episode. And the episode itself is called um, Die Hand die Verletz. 
Verletz. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce German, guys. Um, which <laughs> loosely translated means the hand that wounds. No. Um, and it's about a sort of cult of Satanists in a high school. Oh my God, um, I love that episode. It's such a good episode. Such a yeah, good episode. It's a really good one. Ugh. It's got everything. It's got the PTC that's all Satan worshipers. It's got a creepy substitute that turns out to be the murderer. It's got asshole guys trying to take girls into the woods to get laid and they die. It's got big snakes. Big snakes. <laughs> big old snakes. Yeah, so it's a really fun episode. And I actually recommend Tiny Army that if you haven't seen it, you go watch it because my story might be like a little hard to under, like to follow if you don't know oh, what happened the in the episode. episode. Mm. To give you a quick recap... The PTC, which I always, we always had a PTA, but I assume it's parent-teacher committee instead of parent-teacher oh. association. Oh. Yeah. Um, but like the cold open is the PTC, like having a meeting and, you know, talking about like, is it appropriate to do Jesus Christ Superstar as a musical? And they're like, let's say a prayer before we leave. And then they like, they're like, hail Satan. <laughs> um, eh? I remember now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so anyway, like they, these kids go into the woods, they do the satanic ritual, something actually happens. One of the kids gets murdered and his eyeballs get cut out and his heart gets cut out. Mm -hmm. It's classic. Um, and then the substitute biology teacher shows up and she's a real creep. She acts real um, sweet in the show. She does. Yeah, no, it, for, for most like of it. But then she like pie. opens a drawer and you're like, oh, that's an eyeball. <laughs> um, and so anyway, like a bunch of people die. Um, the original student, whose name is Jerry, which is just a hilarious name, dies. Um, the girl who is the stepdaughter of one of the Satan worshiping PTC members ends up like slitting her wrists while she's under like Satan control. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually this substitute teacher who you never quite find out who she is, like whether she's the demon that's been called upon or just an agent of the demon. They don't really explain it. Mm. But she ends up... Um, you know, Mulder and Scully are bopping around. She doesn't really do much to try to stop them, but she does end up murdering every member of the Satan cult, basically because she's, they have offended the dark forces by not strictly enforcing the like rules and rituals of Satanism. They're sort of like paying lip service in the way that like most Christians like go to church on Easter. Mm. Um, so doing that, but for Satan worship. So they all end up dead. And at the very end, it's a great last scene. She, <laughs> Mulder and Scully have been captured by these Satanists. They're about to be shot. The Satanists end up shooting each other and then the person with a shotgun shoots himself. So they get out, they run into the classroom, like they've finally figured out that it's her and she's the one and the um, scrawled across the chalkboard is, what is it? It's like, it was fun working with you, yeah. goodbye. And like beautiful <laughs> cursive. Yeah, it's like a, your third grade teacher's best handwriting. Um, there's a great, you know, fetal pig dissection scene. It's just got everything. It really does. But the thing that struck me during it is that, so that fetal pig dissection is a final exam. Right. And oh, yeah. it, it's like 30% of their grade or like she says the specifically what percentage of their grade it is, but it's a high percentage of their grade. And I couldn't help but thinking like, what would baby Liz do if her final exam that she's like prepped for got interrupted and she's like, not sure she's going to get credit for it. And then I was like, well, like, what would my reaction to all of like weird things are going on? And I'm sitting here being like, I'm really stressed right now and I've got a lot going on. And I just want to make sure that like, I'm in solid A plus territory. <laughs> so I wrote myself into it, not in first person, because I, I have such trouble writing in first person. And I, I named myself a, a different name, but you guys will get it. Um, and it was fun to write because I used names of people that I actually went to. Any name that wasn't specifically in the X-Files episode are names of my high school teachers and people that I went to school oh, with. Amazing. Shout out right. to you. Litchfield. Uh, Litchfield High School. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So the the all of this is to say the title that I came up with is I'm going to butcher this. So for our huge German listening population, yes. mm-hmm. so sorry. It's uh, Die Hand, Die Zusatzliche Gutschrift Verlangt, which loosely translated means the hand that demands additional credit. Okay, I love it. Um, the hallways of Crowley High School were quiet at 6.30 a.m. and still slightly chilly from the night before. Alex Gilmartin sat on the floor, back to her locker, hunched over her U.S. history textbook, feverishly scribbling out answers to the end of chapter questions about the excesses of the Roaring Twenties. She would have done it last night, but rehearsal for the school play had run way over and Calc homework had been a real bear, and Mr. Kingery's bio exam was only two days away and she had to prep for debate practice, and not until all that was finished had she realized she had left her history book in her locker. So here she was alone except for a handful of teachers and custodians, trying to summon up the energy to write coherently about the jazz age. Around seven, other students began trickling in. A few greeted Alex as they passed her, but she didn't bother to respond until she felt a kick to the side of her sneaker and a shadow loomed across the pages of the American pageant. Alex glanced up in annoyance to see her best friend Laura grinning down at her. Laura snatched the three-ring binder from Alex's lap, plopped down on the floor next to her, and looked critically at what her friend had written. Dude... Is this for Kisco's class? Yeah, I left my stupid book in my locker and couldn't do it last night, and I've been here since like 6 a.m. Alex, these are supposed to be short answer questions. This should have been three sentences on flappers, and you wrote The Great Gatsby. Well, Kisco marks you down for not being thorough. Yeah, and he also marks you down for not reading the assignment. We only had to do the first four questions. Alex stopped short, staring at Laura. Then she looked down at her paper, where she had been halfway through question 11. (laughs) Fuck. Laura laughed. Whatever, it's fine. Just hand in the first page and then stop freaking out for five seconds because I have good news. What? Alex sighed as she let her head fall back against the locker. Looks like we might get out of that dissection exam. I overheard my mom talking about Mr. Kingery, and apparently he is wicked sick. Laura's mom was the front office secretary, and as such, Laura always knew what was going on with the teachers well before any of the other students caught wind. Sweet. What does he have? The bell sounded, warning students that they had five minutes to get to first period. The girls stood up, shrugging on their backpacks. Guess. No, actually, you'll never guess. I'll just tell you. Laura paused dramatically, struggling to keep her face serious. He has necrotizing fasciitis. Alex stopped dead in the middle of the hall, causing a group of seventh graders to scatter, bumping into each other in a frantic attempt to avoid her. I'm sorry, what? He has flesh-eating bacteria? Laura burst out laughing. Right? I mean, I know it's not funny, but like, what? (laughs) Mr. Kingery has never left New Hampshire. How did he pick that up? Also, how did you know what that was, you nerd? I had to look it up. Alex shrugged. I watch a lot of ER. (laughs) Laura rolled her eyes. Well... Anyway, it's super bizarre, but if it gets us out of an exam, who am I to ask questions? They continued down the hall. Alex sighed. This town is so freaking weird. I know, right? I can't wait to get out of here. Um, So I did want to capture, and I feel like I should comment on this. High schoolers are such little psychopaths. And I totally remember hearing that my teachers were like ill and being like, yes. (laughs) Yes. Wait, is that episode? Is that episode set in New Hampshire? Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. One I of the had to things- look it up because I assumed it was like um, 
Pacific Northwest. Because they shot, they shot the X-Files in British Columbia almost exclusively. Yes. Oh, and so they were always okay. trying to pass off settings that were very clearly the Pacific Northwest. They'd mm-hmm. be like, here, this is Arizona. Yes, this is a yeah. Chupacabra episode. Right. So just ignore the the you know Redwoods in the background. Right. Well, that was why I had to look it up because I assumed the first scene is them in like, or not the, the first, but the, the scene where the kid dies and the scene where they're going to be like, how did this kid die? Is in like, what is clearly like a temperate, um, like temperate, what is that? Temperate rainforest? Yeah. That is, yeah, it was like it's, big, ugh. tall pine trees and lots of rain. And I was like, that's like not moss, New England. Everything mossy. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. it's so obviously British Columbia all the time. Yeah. In that show. X-Files, you're not fooling us. By the end of second period, Alex had forgotten all about necrotizing fasciitis. Instead of collecting their U.S. history homework, Mr. Kisco had given them a pop quiz on its contents, and, despite the fact that she had read the chapter half an hour earlier, Alex couldn't for the life of her remember what had been in it. Then she had fallen asleep in calculus and hadn't woken up until Mrs. Jones had gently shaken her, much to the malicious pleasure of her classmates. Shout out to Mrs. Jones, my high school calculus teacher. Oh, what a nice lady. I hope she's doing really well. Mrs. Jones. Mr. Kisco is kind of a dick. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, fuck you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At least third period was bio. Subs could usually be counted on to dim the lights and pop in a National Geographic video. She could use a full 42 minutes of uninterrupted sleep. But the woman standing at the front of the bio lab wasn't one of the usual roster of substitutes. She was tall and thin, with a severe bob that framed big glasses and a rather dour face. Alex slid into her usual seat next to Laura, whose face was also uncharacteristically serious. Dude, did you hear about Jerry Stevens? He's... But before Laura could finish, the bell rang, and the woman at the front of the room cleared her throat. Okay, people, people, may I have your attention, please? Mr. Kingery is out sick today, so I'll be substituting. My name's Mrs. Paddock. I'm going to take the role. A knock on the door interrupted her, and as Mrs. Paddock turned to open it, Laura leaned over and hissed in Alex's ear, Dead. Jerry Stevens is dead. Before Alex could react, Dave Duran, sitting a few seats over, leaped out of his chair and made a break for the window, followed closely by a man in a long trench coat. The man caught him by the ankle with his torso halfway outside, his non-captive foot waving awkwardly, knocking over test tubes and Erlenmeyer flasks to the ground with a tinkling of glass. The class broke into shouts of laughter as the man dragged Dave back inside, but Laura didn't join them, watching somberly as he led Dave out the door by the elbow while a woman, also betrench-coated and apparently his partner, said something quietly to Kate and Andrea, who got up without a word and followed her into the hall. They were there, too. What? They were there, too, Dave and Kate and Andrea, with Jerry, when he died. Who were those people? FBI? They think... Laura hesitated, glancing around to see if anyone else was listening. They think he was murdered. Alex laughed. Get out. I'm serious. I went to the office to get lunch money from my mom, and everyone was talking about it. They shut up really fast when they saw me, but I heard a bunch. They were all out in the woods near the witch altar. Why were they out there? That place is creepy. Laura gave Alex the kind of half-pitying smile that let Alex know she had said something dumb. I mean, the woods are where people go. You know, they sneak out and drink or hang or fool around or whatever. Alex blushed. Laura was too nice and a little too dorky to be truly part of the popular crowd, but her long blonde hair and green eyes and fucking perfect face meant she was frequently invited to the sorts of parties Alex told herself she didn't want to go to anyway. 
<laughs> Shout out to the relationship between me and my best friend in high school. Yeah, I was going to say. say. So Whoa. beautiful. And Laura. I was like, it's fine. I'm not jealous of Laura Talman. <laughs> oh. She's the best, guys. Laura. We had such a great relationship. We're still good friends to this day. But was I a little jealous of her in high school? Yeah. Well, that's kind of the linchpin of most, I feel like, female high school best friendships. Oh, for like sure. A, you know, one of them. A lot of love and a little jealousy. Yeah. 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 Well, that sounds dumb and cold and dangerous, clearly. Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Paddock broke in crisply. That was all very exciting, but we have work to do. As I understand it, you have an exam tomorrow. I'm handing out review packets now, and I expect them to be completed and handed in by the end of the period. Wait, Alex blurted out before she could stop herself. We still have to take the exam? Mrs. Paddock looked up at Alex over the rims of her glasses. Yes, miss. She glanced down at her attendance sheet. Miss Gilmartin, is it? Yes, of course you still have to take the exam. It's a large percentage of your final grade, and I am perfectly capable of grading a pig dissection. Dissections are, in fact, rather my area of expertise. <laughs> Alex and Laura exchanged glances as Mrs. Paddock passed out review packets. Of course, the one time in the history of ever Mr. Kingery is out, we get the queen of pig dissections. Right? What a creep. Word of the death of Jerry Steve Stevens spread quickly throughout the school. Instead of the usual hallway shouting and jostling between periods, students walked in twos and threes, trading rumors in low tones. Even Alex, who had always thought Jerry was a bit of a dick, was a little shaken by his death. After all, it was one thing to dislike a guy. It was another thing entirely to wish him bodily harm. Still, though some of the teachers seemed as upset as the students, they did insist on continuing to teach, and Alex had final exams to think about. To that end, she found herself heading back to the biology lab after debate practice that day, hoping Mrs. Paddock would still be there. Creep she might be, but if she really was such an expert at cutting open pigs, she wouldn't mind answering a few review questions. Alex paused at the closed door, peering through the window to see if Mrs. Paddock was inside. The substitute was standing over the terrarium that housed Ronald, the class boa constrictor. If she hadn't known better, Alex would have thought she was talking to the snake. Ronald had his head raised and appeared to be looking intently at Mrs. Paddock, and Mrs. Paddock stared straight back, mouth forming words that Alex couldn't hear through the door. Both snake and woman's heads swayed gently side to side, mirroring each other in perfect synchronicity. Whatever Paddock was saying, the snake appeared to be understanding perfectly. For a moment, Alex stood watching, totally transfixed. Then she shook herself, anthropomorphizing snakes. She was no better than the dummies who thought Jerry Stevens had been killed by witches. She knocked on the door. Mrs. Paddock looked up and smiled her tight little smile, beckoning Alex into the classroom. Yes, Miss Gilmartin, how are you doing? I know we had a bit of a disrupted class this morning. Oh, yeah, sorry I spoke out of turn. I was just surprised that we were still having to do the exam with Mr. Kingery sick and all. No, dear, I meant the FBI and your <laughs> classmate's death. How are you holding up? <laughs> Wait, okay. So first of all, I want to comment on the fact that it's an X-Files fan fiction, but Liz was like, yeah, but we got to put some parcel tongue in there. Right, <laughs> yeah, we right, gotta, We right. got to throw that in. Sure. Well, they never really explain how she controls the snake later, so I was like, well, she talks to it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. She's a wizard. Yeah. yeah. I want to say, like, I think... Well, I don't know if we would have been friends because I was a different kind of like total asshole in high school. But mm -hmm. we could have. I think we could have been. I, I think I'm we would have made it work. <laughs> I'm finding high school Liz to be pretty delightful. Just so for the record. Mm -hmm. No, I wouldn't have been friends with either one of you. No, but I was very grumpy in high school. So well, 
I didn't like most people. I was just trying to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get my good grades and get the fuck out. Me too. Yeah. Except for the good grades part. Just the getting out part. Mm. Yeah. Oh, high school. Yeah. Oh, the worst. The worst. Wouldn't go back for all the money in the world. <laughs> oh, right. Alex had momentarily forgotten about Jerry. She thought briefly about pretending she had come for solace from an adult, but decided there was no point. She and Jerry hadn't been friends, and she needed to ace this test. I'm all right. Actually, and I'm sorry to bother you, but I just had a couple questions about the exam tomorrow, particularly about the heart dissection. I know it's going to be extra credit, but I just wanted to make sure... Miss Gilmartin, Mrs. Paddock cut Alex off firmly. I graded your exam review packet. Now, far be it from me to discourage keen interest in the sciences, but based on your work, I'd say if your worry is purely about your grade, you're fretting needlessly. As she spoke, Mrs. Paddock reached into the drawer and took Alex's review from the bottom of the stack, handing it to her and sliding the door shut. You didn't miss a single question, Miss Gilmartin. I would suggest glancing over the material one more time tonight and then trying to get a good night's sleep and to stop worrying. As Alex took the packet, something red dripped from the paper and onto her shoe. Mrs. Whoa. Paddock smiled. You'll have to forgive me. I had an unfortunate incident with a jam jar and a few of the papers got a bit sticky. That's all right. Uh, can I keep this, Mrs. Paddock? To study from? I don't see why not. Now run along, dear. It's getting rather late. As Alex walked down the hall to the front doors of the school, she turned the packet of papers over. The back was certainly covered in something viscous and sticky, but it didn't look like any jam Alex had ever seen. In fact, it looked all for all the world like blood. Gross. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is one of the things that bothered me most about this episode. So there's a scene where she takes a stack of papers that she's like collected from the class and opens her drawer, which clearly has a heart and two eyeballs sitting at the bottom, <laughs> puts the stack of papers on those heart and eyeballs and closes the drawer. And I was like, the students are going to want those back graded. Like ah, I was a teacher. I Kids want their papers your back. Thought. You're like, like, some of those papers are going to have gonna eyeball want those papers back. <laughs> I tell you one thing I never ever wanted in high school my paper bag. Oh, I wanted my paper bag. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see what I, I did. If I did that work, care. give me that grade. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, I used to think I was a good student and I met you too. No, I was terrible. Just terrible For student. For me, my thought process was often like, I want to re look at my answers and just revel in how clever I am. No. Because no. I was a real winner. I was a real cool person to be around. <laughs> what mm. a gem. <laughs> yup. Mm hmm. I still have a lot of that going on. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real. Anyway. Here we are reading our answers. Yeah. <laughs> Alex woke up late the next morning, her stomach in knots. Her mother, thinking she was in some sort of psychological distress about the murder, spent all morning fussing over her, offering to make her breakfast or even to let her stay home just this once. Mm -hmm. That was not my mother. My mother would never let me stay home. She's <laughs> like, you don't have a murder at your high school? <laughs> I was like, got a fever? <laughs> nope. Go to school. She'd be like, I know Liz doesn't care about that murder. <laughs> Alex considered it, but ultimately decided making up the bio exam would be far too much hassle. And besides, who knew when Mr. Kangaroo would be back? Did people recover from necrotizing fasciitis? And if they didn't, did she really want to spend any time after school alone in the bio lab with Mrs. Paddock? No, Alex thought. She would rather get it over with. First and second period came and went, and Alex found herself side by side with Laura, trudging toward the lab. Laura, true to her usual self, seemed unconcerned about the exam, wanting instead to talk about the murder. They think it was a cultist, she said, ignoring Alex's d sour mood. Alex, despite herself, was interested. Who's they? Like, the whole PTC, including Mr. Kilcagney. Alex scoffed. Some school psychologist, shouldn't he know better? Yeah, well, my mom says he's an idiot and a bit of a sleaze. Guess that's why he's working at a high school in the middle of bumfuck New Hampshire. Right. Those who can't do work with children at their most vulnerable age. 
<laughs> we, I don't know about you guys. We were so contemptuous of high school teachers. My parents are public school educators, but oh, yeah, yeah, being yeah. in high school, like we thought those like, why would you ever want to teach high school? We thought everybody who worked there was me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I fucking hated my teachers, which is probably why I wasn't a good student. Well, to my good teachers out there, if you're listening, if you're a part of the tiny army, I'm sorry. Oh, I had like three great teachers and the rest I'm oh. still convinced we're idiots. Miss, yeah. Mrs. Same. Hines, I was terrible to you and you were a wonderful teacher. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sinkowitz, I was terrible to you and I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Kuhn, if you're listening, you suck. <laughs> She called me one of the three meanest girls in school to another classroom oh, of children. Fun. Yeah. That's a reward. She turned That's me a off. badge. Well, she turned me off chemistry for a number of years. And it turns out I love chemistry. So again, oh, well, fuck, fuck you, Mrs. Her. What a dick. Alex laughed. Right. Which describes 98% of the people who work here. Your mom, of course, being the exception. <laughs> Sometimes. More times than my mom. Your mom's cool. Yeah, in front of you. The girls walked into the classroom, still playfully bickering. They stopped short at the doorway, however, greeted by a tank of dead fetal pigs. <laughs> oh, gross. Laura whispered. Yeah. They dropped their backpacks at their seats, and Laura began prepping the lab bench as Alex got in line with the di- their dissection tray to collect the specimen. None of her classmates looked particularly happy about the pig fetuses being dropped into their trays, but Alex noticed that Shannon Osbury, who stood in front of her, looked particularly white and clammy. The dissection tray shook in Shannon's hands and sweat rolled down the back of her neck. Hey, Alex whispered. Are you okay? Shannon turned around and nodded briefly. Yeah, she said her voice tight and strained. Just nerves, I guess. And that smell. Yeah, whatever's preserving these little piggies is no joke. Maybe you should duck out and get some fresh air? No, I'll be fine, thanks. My stepdad would kill me if I missed an exam. Shannon's stepdad, Jim Osbury, was the head of the PTC and one of those parents with the gift for involving himself in everything. He'd always been nice enough to Alex, but he had a reputation for being a hard ass. Alex patted Shannon on the shoulder. Well, don't stress too much. She's just a sub, right? If she grades too hard, we'll all raise a stink when Mr. Kingery gets back and make him change the grades. Right, said Shannon, smiling weakly. She turned around and held out her tray, and Mrs. Paddock, looking oddly excited, dropped a pig fetus into it. Alex collected her fetus in turn and returned to her seat where Laura, where, where Laura was waiting with the scalpel. Pig or heart? Alex asked, shoving the tray into the middle of the table. Ugh, heart, said Laura, wrinkling her nose. Slicing into the baby piggy is all you, my friend. Fine, wuss. Alex held the scalpel to the pig's throat. Say your prayers, piggy. Before she could cut, Shannon, one row in front of her, dropped her scalpel and stood up, backing away from her dissection tray. Her pig lay on the tray, a long vertical slit down its midsection, exposing its internal organs, and Shannon stared at it, white-faced and bug-eyed. As her classmates looked on in alarm, Shannon began to shriek wordlessly, her screams interrupted only by her own choking sobs. Benny, her partner, watched in horror, but Shannon didn't stop. She seemed entirely unaware of her surroundings. After what felt like an eternity, Mrs. Paddock rushed to Shannon's side, flinging an arm around the girl and steering her to the door. As she left the room, she looked back over her shoulder and said, as if nothing at all were unusual, carry on students I'll be back as soon as I'm able as soon as the door closed behind them the room erupted into loud loud chatter did you see that she looked totally possessed witches man told you (laughs) Laura turned to Alex with wide eyes do you think no replied Alex frowning at Laura she was just freaking out about the dissection or faking it to try to get out of the exam what a girl you're a girl not that kind now come on let's slice this pig Alex's footsteps echoed in the halls as she left Mrs. Jones's classroom. 
Loath as she was to admit it, she had been struggling with differential equations, and Mrs. Jones had offered to help her one-on-one after school, provided, she had said, that Alex promised to stay awake. Feeling much more confident after an hour of Mrs. Jones's endless patience and willingness to explain, Alex decided there was no harm in checking in with Mrs. Paddock to see how the dissection had gone. She and Laura had been the only two focused enough to get through the extra credit heart dissection, and Alex was secretly hoping that they had wrecked the curve for everyone. <laughs> Not that she wanted her class. <laughs> Sorry, that was me in high school. <laughs> I wanted dick. Such a jerk. I mean, listen. Oh, uh, wrecked the curve. I was a little bit mercenary in terms of curve. There's also something about that that's like, I'm a nerd, but a rebel. Wreck the curve. You are Hashtag wreck the curve. <laughs> I'm about to fuck your curve up. But I was, like, pretty secretive about it. Like, there was another girl I went to school with who was very, like, is this going to be on the quiz? And I was just, like, I'll let her ask, but I also want to know if it's going to be on yeah. the quiz. I'm on, on the slide, D.O. Wreck that curve. Wreck that curve. What, what do you think you would have done if she hadn't been there? Do you think you would have, like, been the one? I would have been, like, like fighting against my own arm, which would have gone up of its own will, and I would have been, like, is this going to be on the quiz? So, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank God for her. Mm-hmm. I know. God bless. Not that she wanted her classmates to do badly per se, although there were a few that Alex wouldn't mind seeing stuck in this tiny town until they rotted. It was more that Alex felt that she should be rewarded for her exemplary behavior. She had dissected the shit out of that pig in the midst of chaos, and she would hate to see it go unnoticed. Did your character, based on you, is a psychopath. <laughs> If you guys could all see the looks that Kate and I are giving each other as Liz is reading this. It's very wide-eyed and terrified. Listen, we're glad she's our friend because we won't be her victims. Yeah. Uh, that's oh how you boy. Feel. Yeah. Yep. Two people stood in the doorway to the bi- biology classroom, and as she approached, Alex momentarily wondered if she wasn't the only one worried about her grade. But these weren't students. They were the FBI agents who had interrupted her class yesterday. And when she looked past them into the classroom, she saw that it was full of green-jacketed men and women from the sheriff's department. Excuse me? Alex asked tentatively. What's going on? The woman turned around, looking slightly startled to see Alex there. Nothing. Listen, you'd better get home. You don't want to be here right now. But is Mrs. Paddock there? I need to talk to her. Get out of here, kid. This is the man not quite bothering to meet Alex's eyes. This is an active crime scene. I can't do Mulder. Mulder's a jerk. I know. He is kind of a dick. He is kind of a dick. (laughs) Alex backed away, wanting to know more, but not willing to disobey the feds. Before she turned to leave, one of the sheriff's deputies shifted his weight, leaning heavily on one of the lab benches. As he did, Alex caught a glimpse of an arm clad in a sky blue shirt and a head with brown hair splayed about it like a halo. School was canceled the next day, but Alex found precious little relief in that. She hadn't slept at all and hadn't even managed to drag herself out of bed by the time Laura knocked on the door. Your mom let me up, said Laura, coming in and arranging herself at the foot of Alex's bed. She looked like she hadn't slept much either. Guess you heard what happened. Yeah. Poor Shannon. I feel really bad about what I said. Not just Shannon. Didn't you hear? Her dad, too. And Mr. Calcagni and the rest of the PTC. What? How? My mom won't give me the full story, but it has something to do with Mrs. Paddock. What? Yeah, she's like a serial killer or something. (laughs) And now she's on the run and they have no idea where she is. But get this. They found eyeballs in her desk drawer under a stack of papers and a heart. They think they're Jerry's. Hey, 
Are you okay? You look like you're gonna puke. Oh my god. That sticky stuff on my study guide. She said it was jam. <laughs> oh shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Ugh. Yeah. They sat in silence, both of them unable to speak. Finally, Alex looked up. Hey, Laura? Yeah? I don't want to be a dick, but... Alex paused, unsure of herself, then continued. Do you think we're going to get credit for that exam? Right. Stupid psycho. Oh, I love you. You oh psycho. Listen, all teenagers are psychopaths. That's true. That is true. That's okay, that's accurate. True. You know what? You're right on that one. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Boy. Oh. Wow. You dissect a whole pig. You want credit for that shit. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of work. That yeah. is a lot of work. Final thoughts. What have we learned? Teenagers are psychopaths. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been drilled into us. Put it in law. It's true. Yeah. Um. I got to say, that's one of my favorite episodes of The X-Files that you dealt with in that story and uh it's just amazing it's all around great good episode tiny army if you haven't watched that episode first of all you did not understand what you just heard second (laughs) of all you should watch it it's really good it's really good it's definitely my top three i think yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it. I also, what I really liked about this episode and then also your story is that it's just kind of like classic monster of the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A cult with a serial killer instead of like weird science stuff, <laughs> um, which I love weird science stuff, but it's, uh, you know, refreshing to, you know. Yeah. And I, I actually like that this was one of, I mean, X-Files is always a little bit unresolvy, mm-hmm. but this was one of my favorites because at the end, especially with the note that she writes on the board, it's, it's so Bugs Bunny like, see you later, suckers. <laughs> Losers. They're like, oh no, we just helped Satan. Um, Scully's like, but she reminded me of my biology teacher. <laughs> we all biology teachers are Satan worshippers. Mm. I mean, my mm. mom is a biology teacher, and I will tell you, she is a Satan worshipper. Oh, generally Sima so. <laughs> Loves the Dark Lord. She fights for us in the name <laughs> of Satan. Satan. <laughs> Hail Satan. Oh, good stuff. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to really delve into the natural wonders of the phenomenon we call life and not eventually begin to ascribe it to a dark universal power. Mm. Wow. <laughs> if anybody's thinking of converting, email <laughs> Shana. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I have always considered starting my own cult. Yeah, there's a lot of money in it, I hear. If there's any interest out there. Um, there won't be any sex slavery involved in my cult, so. Oh, that's. Got that going ooh, for it. that is a big selling that's point. That's a plus. I feel Let like me tell you. More women should run cults, and there would be <laughs> less sex slavery in cults. Um, you should target people who were in cults beforehand and be like, how about Listen. the same feeling, but less exploitation? <laughs> what would you change about your experience? Was it the sex slavery? I'm taking if a so. survey. I'm taking a small batch survey so that I can build a better cult. Are you still looking for a leader, but not to be chained in that leader's sex dungeon? Yeah. You know, it's um, it's all that improvement here in America. Yeah. So Just, we're moving on up, guys. That's uh, that's how, you know, the free market is working. Yes. If you can build a better cult. A build a better cult. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, Shana, thank you for coming on for this episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's my pleasure. This is the highlight of my week. 
of my year, probably. Um, and what's really exciting is that we've got one more we've episode. We've got one more. We're going to do mine. I'm so excited. Which is on theme, on brand with what we've been doing. So don't worry, guys. Sex Files? No, X Files. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, X Files. Yes. Um, you wrote I should have gone there first. The assignment as written. <laughs> I did not go for extra credit, unlike some psychopaths in this room. She's not trying to break the curve. If there had been extra credit. There's no wrecking the curve on my I side. would have killed you bitches to get to <laughs> it. <laughs> um, if you want to follow us on what we're doing and all of our fun pictures, you can do that at World Stealers on all the places. Twitter, yeah, Twitter Instagram, our email butt, address, whatever. I looked it up. It mm-hmm. is worldstealerspod at gmail.com. And oh, it's amazing. Really lonely right now. Yeah. It's lonely in that email, guys. It, shoot, shoot us an email. She's ready for some fan fiction. I'm going to yeah. send them an email right now. Oh, send us an email. I'm and excited. as My always, phone. not always, as of this season, if you rate and review us on iTunes and you ask really nicely, we will write you, you a mini fic. Yeah, we will dedicate it to you. You will be sponsoring a tiny fan fiction. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And for our sign-off that we do every time, we'll see you on the dark side of truth with the demons. <laughs> yes, that is a sign-off that we have always done. We've and always that done continues that. Continues to make sense. Oh, <laughs> <Go> demons! <laughs> I have a song for you. Come with me on my little tour by someone you can trust. But be careful, this is high school and everybody sucks. Nowadays you got the rich kids sitting on their wealth and the evil kids on the emo grass. The grass that cuts itself. The drama kids trying to get some fame And the football team is sad Cause they never win a game Hallelujah The Bible club trying to spread the word The potheads getting high They just trying to spread the earth The ASB chicks will have you thinking